Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept. In a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck, where pizza toppings are currency of choice. Where sailorless boats drop a giant net of anchovies on a dock for bats. And where board members are actually fungi. That's right, ghosts, ghouls, and non-boonary friends. Today we get super sus with fungus among us. Non-boonary. Like <laughs> Non-boonary. Yes. Ah, oh, so here we are. We are finally getting a crack at our ghoulish girlfriend, Morgana McCauver. Heck yeah. Have some announcements. Announcements! Go! Yeah. Okay. Here <clears throat> here. First off, I wanted to give a shout out to the St. Canard Files because they haven't yet as of recording this, but by the time this episode drops, they will have covered all 91 episodes of Darkwing Duck. Wow. That is hardcore. I think they have 100 episodes at this point total because they've done extra non-episode related stuff. That's, bravo. Yeah, like bravo. Like that's, that is dedication because I don't know how, they release every Monday and there's 91 episodes. So that would have taken, what, a year or two? Yeah, basically about two years. Uh, maybe a little shy of two years. Yeah, so congratulations to congratulations the St. Canard Files. And also a thank you because they had a contest a few months back on... They do like they do a few different contests for the different areas where they post their podcasts. They post it on YouTube and Reddit. And I entered, I think, the Facebook one, and they did a draw. And I won a Megavolt Funko Pop. Oh, very nice. And he arrived in the mail last month. And it was very oh. exciting because I have all the other Darkwing Duck Funko Pops and Megavolt was the only one that was missing. So I was like, oh, this is this is good. <laughs> Your collection is complete. It is, except for not counting like those small mini ones that have like Ghana and are a million dollars on eBay. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, that's that's awesome. Congratulations to the St. Canard Files and to you, Ange, for winning a Megavolt. He is the greatest gift one could have. <laughs> <laughs> I've, so I've heard. Also, also, for those of you who have not checked it out, the newest Disney cartoon that has dropped is The Ghost and Molly McGee, which is on Disney Plus in America and Disney Now and Disney Channel and one episode is on iTunes Canada for some reason but not the other episodes. You should totally you know check what? it out. You should because you know I heard somebody pretty cool worked on that show. <laughs> some amazing And that person. of course be my co-host Ange worked on that show. I was gonna say Sam King but. <laughs> oh well you know Sam King too but but mostly you. Yes I did some work on the first season of The Ghost of Molly McGee as a builds person, meaning that I got to draw characters and props and then rig and program them so that the animators can make the magic happen. So you're saying this cartoon is rigged? <laughs> yes. You rigged it. Yes, indeed. Wonderful. And <laughs> they, ha like, there's only five episodes out right now as of us recording this, but I worked on The Best Concert Ever and Not So Honest Abe are the first two that I worked on. So I am super stoked. 
spoiler alert, I did a pizza box and I did the pizza dough. So, and all kinds of my other stuff. My God. Those were my favorite. We'll just have to strike that from the podcast. It gives away too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's super awesome. Super incredible. But I'm also, as I've told you for years, not very surprised that you do amazing things because you're awesome. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. You're awesome, right? I, well, you got me there. No. <laughs> uh, yes. Everyone check out the ghost of Molly McGee. Keep an eye out for a VIP card and a pizza box and the dough. There you go. All right. So we want to start on this episode. Do you have an amazing <laughs> summary from Disney Plus for us? I do. Uh, so if you would like to watch along with us, uh, it is Disney Plus Season 1, Episode 67. And the description is Darkwing Duck investigates thefts of pizza toppings. Short, simple, technically accurate. <laughs> it is technically accurate. And that's uh, all Disney Plus has to say for us as we just dive right in, dive right into the action in this episode. There really isn't a lot of downtime here. I had the German uh, title, too, because I watched... Oh, once please. Once again, I got to watch an episode that was originally German, and they put English audio over top. So the title was... Let's see if I can pronounce this. Pilze, Pizza, and Parfum. Parfum? Which translates to mushrooms, pizza, and perfume. That sounds like a fragrance by Calvin Klein. <laughs> I don't know where the perfume comes in in this case, but perfume, pizza perfume? I don't know. Perfume. Yeah, I don't remember any perfume in this. I guess just because she's a lady. That's That was my thought process. ladies wear perfume. Like, I guess it's implying that it's mushrooms and pizza and something romantic and beautiful because of perfume. I think Launchpad does say that the mushrooms smell like pizza. They do. So maybe it's purely sticking to the pizza thing. But I feel, uh, what kind of perfume would Morgana wear? I would want to say that it's called something like dreary, and it probably smells like a tomb, but with like sickly sweet rotting flower aftertones. <laughs> I was going to say think? graveyard, so that's kind of close. Mm. Or well, like, that's a, it's a little crisper, I think. Yeah, or like, you know, something musty, like being trapped in a coffin and then accidentally being buried underground, whatever that smells like. So, <laughs> dirt and panic. Yeah. Uh, so your your fragrance is buried alive <laughs> by Calvin Klein. <laughs> it's on the shelf next to the pizza one. And uh, English feather or whatever Beak Post wears. <laughs> We're slowly fleshing out the duck verse with with random things they can buy at the Duckverse equivalent of Walmart. Speaking of, did you notice that there were a couple ads? No, I did not notice any ads. What ads? There was one. It was like a swan something. Yes. I don't remember what it is, though, so tell me, tell me about it. There was two. There was a billboard ad for duck soup. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and then there was a billboard ad for swan sauces. Oh. Are they made of ducks and swans, or are they sauces <gasps> for them to eat? Duck soup is people. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because I saw swan sauces. I think it's pretty early on, and I was like, what? 
is that about? I know. And then I didn't want to think about it too long because I was like, I don't like any of these implications. I noticed that the backgrounds in this episode in particular are not the usual ones that you see in a lot of other episodes. Like there was a lot of unique, I don't know, like when I've watched other episodes of Darkwing, St. Canard is pretty consistent with its backgrounds and I think they reuse them sometimes. But this one had some buildings and styles that were, I've never seen them before in any other episodes. Like there was one part where they're driving through the city and they came across what almost looked like Times Square in New York City. There was Mm. like a triangle type Mm -hmm. building. Yeah, I actually have notes on that, too, because it's really pretty. It's, like, lit in, like, bright neon colors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really pretty. So it seems like they they kind of let their background artist have some fun this episode. And then, of course, we get to do all the fun things in Morgana's house. And Morgana's house itself. Mm-hmm. There's a whole M.C. Escher room, because, of course. And just, like, her house itself... There's a few things about her house that confuse me, but we'll get there. So, the beginning of this episode just really plops us right in with Arkwing and Launchpad already hot on the heels of some uh, dastardly thefts. But before we get to them, we see two spooky wolf dog hound things slow motion running through the sky. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. They look like Great Danes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I was like, I don't really know what they are, but they're definitely supposed to be some kind of canine thing. I can see Great Danes for sure. Darkwing is immediately voicing how perplexed he is with this case. Although I gotta admit, this case has me more baffled than our phone bill. Mood. Yeah, big mood. And then he goes on to talk about the things that have already happened. So iguanas stealing olives, black cats running off with onions. The whole city's turned weird. Don't those cats know that onions are toxic? They should not eat onions. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're they're horribly toxic. Don't let your cats or dogs eat onions, people. That's your PSA for today. My so... only note for this was ghost dogs. I think that's better than ghost cats that don't knock things over every two <laughs> seconds and just make noise when you're trying to sleep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they were... I don't know if... Well, I guess they were black cats, so they weren't ghost cats. But yeah, ghost cats, uh, they are a bit of a menace, especially when you're trying to sleep and you feel them walking on you or they you hear something down the hall and you're like, damn it, cats. And then you realize that your cat is with you and you're like, damn it, other cat. <laughs> but yes, so apparently the black cats were just after the onions. I kind of wonder how they decided what creatures were going to steal what. And I'm also very amused by the mental image of iguanas stealing olives. They're not particularly fast creatures, as far as I know. Every time I've seen an iguana, they've just kind of been chilling. So that might have been a slow-mo heist, like our slow-mo wolf dog hound things. Our great Danes. Our ghost Danes. So yeah, so as we were saying before, this is another episode that has very good animation. The backdrops are really pretty. And it's actually like right in the beginning, the part that we were talking about where it comes to a place where it's kind of like Times Square. And he just kind of stops the rat catcher to watch ghost dogs float by. Uh, But the background is really very pretty. It's colorfully lighted. We do recommend a pretty, pretty sizable pause to appreciate it. Good job, Disney Australia. Um, Good job. You 
you done did it. You did it well. <laughs> they did a good job. This is, I would have to say, of all the episodes with Morgana, this one is probably my favorite animation-wise. Character model-wise, it probably has the tightest, most accurate to the models. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of, especially, I want to say, my Valentine ghoul, like Morgana, gets a little squishy and stretchy in places, <laughs> but she's pretty, she's pretty on point in this one. Mm-hmm. So as he's chasing the Great Dane ghost, he stops at a traffic light because, of course, he, he does. He's a man of the law right there. And I think as far as this episode goes, I've watched it so many times and I love so much about it. But for me, it just adds an extra layer of just how uncomfortable Launchpad is through this entire episode. So funny to me. <laughs> Like, yeah, Launchpad is just, he wants to go home because they're they're seeing ghost dogs and he's just like, you know, I'd be just happy if we, we pretend this never happened. <laughs> he's like, I'm all about, you know, stopping crime, but this one, we can we just go home? So it's like they stop and they kind of lose the trail of these ghost dogs and he's pretty happy about it. Until, of course, there's just a giant swarm of bats moving through the town to get anchovies. As is tradition. Mm, yes. And you know, I you and I disagree on this, but the bats can keep the anchovies. Oh, you mean like as in they can keep them because they're gross? Yes. Yes, I disagree. My favorite pizza toppings, my absolute favorite pizza that I like to order is pineapple, bacon, and anchovy. It is so good. Every time I tell people that, they're horrified. And when I've ordered pizza with other people, they're like, please don't let your part of the pizza touch my part of the pizza. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can get it, though. I, like, I don't like anchovies, but they're super salty. Yeah. And the pineapple is sweet. Yes, exactly. And the bacon has, has a little bit of sweet saltiness to it, so it pulls it all together. I'm, I'm not super opposed to it. Uh, um, I would probably pick the anchovies off, but I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I'm also a monster on, like, pineapple on my pizza, too. So come at us. Unfollow us. You know what? It's delicious. Okay, guys? Salty and sweet. All right? All right. So <laughs> I wonder. So, all right. So we're just going to. This, this episode is going to three hours long. <laughs> so what spooky creatures would be stealing pineapples? Pineapples. If, if Morgana was coming for them. Are they like canned pineapples or whole pineapples? You're the master of this. You're the master of your own destiny. You tell me. I'm going to say it looks like they were collecting everything pretty fresh because the, the anchovies were like straight from the bay. <laughs> yeah, straight from the, the uh, water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm going to say it was probably like an actual whole pineapple. I don't know where they'd procure that from. I'm sure pineapples do not grow naturally in St. Canard unless they went to a grocery store, which is entirely possible. What animal would I send after them? I just want to say a rooster only because... Our friend Nem was talking about roosters earlier today and picking them up when they're being aggressive angry. and weird yeah. and angry. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. I'm going to hold you like a baby. Get over it. Hold they're just so... Like hold <laughs> uh, Angry, angry, very confused and indignant hamburger. All right. So then we already know that the bats will be picking up the anchovies and then the bacon... Uh, let's see, spooky creature that Morgana would send after it. An axolotl. 
Oh, the scariest creature of all. You know, that's not how you say it, and I can't remember how you say it, but that's apparently Oxalotl? No, it's it's it sounds nothing at all like it's spelled. Interesting. So I can't even I can't help you there. But I saw a girl on TikTok pronounce it how it's really supposed to be said. And I was like, I oh, well okay. Oh yeah. So we'll say that. Uh we have the bats trying to steal a giant net full of anchovies fresh from the sea but there's really there's no sailors (laughs) there's nobody there there's no one on the docks so maybe it's just a ghost ship that steals anchovies and then delivers them to bats yeah they're having a heck of a time trying to get it off the ground because they're little bat balls and they can't really get up the gumption to, to to hoist it properly but then launch pad and darkwing latch onto the net and they have no problem lugging all the anchovies plus darkwing and launch pad along with it so maybe they just needed that motivation it would seem so darkwing is very miffed by all of this and he says did i miss something where was the off-ramp that said the twilight zone <laughs> oh darkwing I like darkwing. how they're in the air and they're trying to still get the anchovies to drop they didn't seem to care mm-hmm. that they would be plummeting to their doom as well. Whatever they did, they rocked back and forth, and mm. the anchovies were lost to the sea where they belong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not like they were trying to preserve the goods that were being stolen. They were just trying to thwart anything and everything, and apparently good business practices fell by the wayside as well. Yeah, now that you mention it, they really didn't seem to care about actually protecting the stuff. It was just... Uh-uh the ethics of stopping crime yeah yes it was very much uh hey you shouldn't be doing that stop doing that i'm going to stop you from doing that but not actually you know protect the goods in any way (laughs) but hey he's a vigilante leave the goody goody two-shoes stuff to gizmo our darling gizmo duck yes so then as they i think after they get deposited back on mother earth from the bats the ghost dogs are running past but they have i thought they were sausage when they were running by it's just like a few links of apparently pepperoni and that was it like as far as pepperoni content of saint canard there's only a few links of it <laughs> like oh oh we've got a serious serious lack of pepperoni in saint canard if there's only five strands of it and darkwing uh is very annoyed with everything and declares that there's some fiendish food freak is filching pizza toppings. That's the connection. So that's fun. And I feel like maybe this is more reflective of the time that the show was made. But it seems like they had very limited pizza toppings in this time. Because he says that green peppers and mushrooms are the only two that haven't been hit yet. Unless we only know a brief glimpse. Because... We know that no one was going after those pineapples because Ange would have sent roosters and we didn't see any roosters. It's true. Because, you know, nowadays you can get anything on pizza, literally anything. Also, I think my favorite line from this part was, Why would bats want anchovies? Maybe they're worried about the cholesterol count. That's no excuse for stealing. Let's grab them. Grab? I gotta touch them? He's just like, that's not it. It doesn't question. Yeah, like he didn't even miss a beat. He yeah. just he he just went with it. It was like, nope, still wrong. Well, there you go. They split up and Darkwing goes after the mushrooms. And that leads him to Macabre Mushrooms Unlimited. 
It's a very prestigious name, Unlimited. And it's here that we get introduced to Morgana's house. So is this considered Macabre Manor? I think it, it looks like it, and I'm pretty sure they use some of the same layouts in other episodes. So I think it is her house, and it just moves around magically. We get introduced to Morgana's stormy front lawn, and uh, Darkwing gets inside. And there, of course, is the, the token painting where the eyes follow you around the room as he walks around. Uh, Darkwing's too clever for that, and he's like, oh, like I haven't seen this before, and rips it off the wall. And the eyes just stay there and then kind of float away. They grow little bat wings. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. I mean, like, it's cute. It's fine. It's Darkwing Duck. But if that happened in real life, I would be right back out that door again. <laughs> it was a very clever def- gag because it was like a cliche <laughs> that they made fun of. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the hallway that he goes into, he's just kind of wandering around trying to find someone. It has... Um, this is right before he gets into the MC Escher room. It has wonky kind of architecture to it, so it's like nothing is kind of even. And then when he opens the door, it's, you know, the old endless staircases defying gravity that, you know, David Bowie and everybody hang out in the labyrinth. It was a very big print at that time, I guess. Everybody loved that labyrinth David, well, not David Bowie, MC Escher <laughs> print. But it's uh, my favorite part of that is Darkwing winds up in it, of course, and he just kind of opens and closes doors and and that room. And he just made some excellent. I can only refer to them as Darkwing noises because they're just like little grunts and and (laughs) things. It's, It's great. And then as he gets out of it, he's like. Intriguing architecture. I must get the name of the designer so I can hurt him. Oh, that was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> He's not a fan. And then he says, a Darkwing Duck is the master of psychological warfare. And is he? Is he, <laughs> is he really? <laughs> he thinks he is. Um, but it just kind of reminded me of... This is just how my brain works. It reminded me of seeing... In the movie Small Soldiers. Do you remember that movie? I do remember that movie. Where it was like the little action figures that come alive. And they just they participate in psychological warfare where they just blast wannabe by the Spice Girls at the family stuck in the house to drive them crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see Dark Queen being the master of that kind of psychological warfare. <laughs> and that's um, that's my brain. Just a back it up a bit because I noticed something in my Mm -hmm. notes. I was actually surprised that Lodgepad was the one to really quickly come to the conclusion that someone's stealing pizza toppings but it's also food related so I think if Lodgepad Mm. was ever going to be right about something of course it was going to be related to food. Yeah and I think as he figured it out too he's like I don't know why but I want a pizza right now and he's like oh that's it pizza it's all pizza toppings so there you go. Lodgepad's gut wins the day and then Darkwing finds where everybody's hiding out hanging out and he starts off really strong he starts off with the the I am the terror but he loses steam really quick he's like I am the terror that flaps in the night (laughs) as there's just a whole bunch of creepy looking people sitting at a table really long conference room table in a super high ceilinged room (laughs) 
And they're all just sitting there staring at him. I feel like some of his supervillains are creepier looking than those guys, though. Yes, I guess. They're, they're, they're kind of, they're interesting. But there's, like, the, he kind of seems like the leader. He's the only one we don't get to know their name over the course of the episode. Mm-hmm. But he looks like uh, Lurch from the Adams family. And as he was, he was, you know, he starts talking. I was like, he sounds exactly like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. And it is. <laughs> so wow. that I kind of fell down a little bit of a, a rabbit hole here. And Frank Welker is this guy's name. And he has been in everything. Oh, my God. He oh, has. He's like... He's been like a metric ton of Transformers. Like he could fill a whole scrapyard with how many Transformers he'd been. He was apparently Kermit and Muppet Babies, Ralph and uh, Runt from Animaniacs, and he is currently doing both Fred, Fred from Scooby Doo. He's been doing since 1969, and he just recently started doing Scooby as well. Like what? Uh, he was Nibbler in Futurama, Bronx and Gargoyles, both Abu and the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin. He was some of the Beagle Boys in the original DuckTales. He was Big Time, which was the little, you know, smart-mouthed one. And he was everybody's favorite cave duck, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> he did the lion roars for the Lion King, which I remember seeing videos of that. There's just this dude growling into a garbage can. <laughs> Like the behind, so that's him. And my personal favorite is that he's the voice of Mr. Chubbikins from Freakazoid, who is Freakazoid's super fat cat. (laughs) (laughs) And he literally just says, Meow. (laughs) I love Mr. Chubbikins. But in the context of of Darkwing Duck, he also voices Eek, Squeak, and Archie. So. So he basically has quite a range then because he's he does super low voices, but he can also do really high pitched animal voices. He, he's incredible. I mean, he's like a, a Mel Blanc blank of current day cartoons. It's like I just I was like, I, that sounds like Dr. Claw. And then I was like, and apparently everybody else, Jiminy Crickets. I don't know if he was Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> I do not endorse that statement. But anyway, yeah, so I was like, OK, all right. Damn. Damn, Frank. All right. So that was my little rabbit hole for this episode. That's impressive. I find, like, a lot of the actors that later went on to bigger things, they all, like, had some kind of role in Darkwing. Like, if you look at Dan Castaneda, who did Megavolt, and he's, you know, Homer and Krusty the Clown and all that stuff, and uh, Kath, Susie as Morgana, I think she retired. Well, maybe she didn't. But I feel like she does less stuff, but she's done, like, she went on to do all kinds of other stuff. And then, of course, Jim Cummings is also another one that is, like, in everything you could imagine. Yeah, like a vocal chameleon. Yeah, um, yeah, I know, like, I, I'm kind of, I'm not, like, super great at voice actors, but I definitely, there's certain people that I pick up every time. I'm like, oh, that sounds like, ooh, that sounds like, and, uh. Yeah, they, I feel like they were very active before Darkwing, because mm-hmm. The Simpsons was definitely before Darkwing, um, and Kath. So, see, is that how you say her name? I don't know how to pronounce anybody's names because I, I just it's read them. Kath Susie for my okay. research, and because uh, she was the voice of 
whole bunch of Rugrats and stuff like that. She was in a few of the Tim Shaver games because I love I love him. The Lucas Art game. She was in um, Full Throttle. But yes, anyway, uh, they're all fantastic, and it's one of my favorite things in the world is to watch voice actors uh, reading their lines or doing big table reads. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I love it. There's a clip of everybody in the studio. I don't know if they're recording or if it's just a read through of Justice Justice Ducks. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I, I don't think, think everybody's it, there. I think it was but legit. a lot of them are. Yeah. And I think it legit was the actual recording that they did for it because it sounded the same. Like nothing sounded different. It was super cool, like the way that they all sat in the same room together and they had like a voice director who was directing them. Because from my understanding, they don't do that anymore. They all have like their individual little sound booths that they talk in. Mm, yeah. I think it also depends on the show. Because I know, um, I mean, this is also old at this point because we're old. Um, like uh, Dr. Katz and home movies Mm -hmm. a lot of it is improv so they record those together so they could feed off each other so that those i know they're kind of all together but yeah for the most part i think it's you know individuals and sound booths these days which i'm sure is a bummer for the actors as well because they don't get that energy from anybody else but it also i'm sure is a a lot cheaper (laughs) and it doesn't take as much time to record things because you don't have people goofing with each other yeah and they can do it from home now which most of them are because of covid they have their Mm. own studios and i know one voice actor i follow Faye mata she does like a lot of anime voices and she's done voices in video games she i was looking at her stuff on youtube and she bought like an actual booth it's like a physical booth that you build and you put in your house so that you can do like pretty much any kind of professional recording. So I think most of them probably, it's probably convenient for them to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's your bread and butter. Why not? It's like work from home. Just roll into a booth in your, your living room and have at it. Heck yeah. Yeah, so that's our little segue there on voice acting. Join us for more on our spinoff podcast, Noises and Boxes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's not a good name at all. Uh, so then we 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 coming back here. So there, the Darkwing is being harassed by the chair people of Macabre Mushrooms Unlimited. Um, very kind of just aggressively in your face being like we're going to eat you which is a thing I guess and then we get introduced it really does and then we get introduced to Morgana the queen has arrived she has she floats into the scene and she's not walking she's got like that more um, she's Morgana that Morticia Adams type of thing where she just kind of floats along looking all pretty and she introduces herself to Darkwing it's adorable because his tail is just wiggling he's just so it's so good (laughs) 
His tail is just like, he's just completely smitten and his tail is going a million miles an hour. But then it vanishes completely. <laughs> like, I'm watching his tail and then it was just like, poof, it's gone. I was like, oh my god, must be magic. Um, but then, you know, Darkwing has to introduce himself and he nails it. He nervous. He, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't nail it at all. He's like, nice to meet you, Mr. A dingling dork, dork, bike, duckwing, duck, 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 duckwing, duck, at your service. <laughs> Which is, I think, the most appropriate response, response for when a beautiful goth woman takes an interest in you. It's true. Mm-hmm. And he just completely malades it and just does the deepest bow in the history of bows to her. <laughs> uh, and she's uh, she's she's very interested in him from the get go too. She's like, "What an unusual name!" But then you appear to be very unusual. I like that. And then she's like, "Oh, you know, we're trying to make sure that." Oh, well, all these pizza topping robberies going on that, you know, we're not getting caught off guard. And he's like, oh, you know about the pizza robbing, the pizza topping robberies? And she's like, uh, well, I deduced it. <laughs> and she's just like, ugh, he's never going to buy that. And Darkwing just kind of swoons into screen and goes, she deduced it. <laughs> he's hopelessly he was doomed with her. He is it was doomed from the get-go. And uh, then we have the, the weird-looking pig-type pig lady. She's like the Jekyll and Hyde-looking thing. Mm-hmm. It's apparently called Lady Janice. Uh, really? She, Yes, she proclaims that Morgana's caught herself one chunk of a duck. Okay. She sure So. Is. So yeah, I think Morgan is just kind of like, well, I'll show you around and then I'll show you out. And they get to the, the porch and they're still just kind of talking to each other, not really wanting to, to leave. And he says to her, you've got more fungus in your little finger than most people have in their whole heads. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Like, uh, she takes it as a compliment, which is all that matters, but also it's like, uh, okay, all right. And the chair people are just hanging, they're not even hanging out the window watching them. They are flat out on the roof, curled around the edge, staring at them. And they're just gonna, like, get rid of him. And Morgana is watching him leave. And that's when we get at least two of their names. That's when we learn Lady Janice's name. And she's apparently voiced by Cheryl Bernstein, who is also Isis Vanderchill. Hmm. Um, and then there's Granny, who's just a crazy cave woman looking lady with a pebbles Flintstone hairdo. And uh, then we, I guess, oh, that's what it is. They're on the porch. And Darkwing hears the radio on the rat catcher and his launch pad asking for help or screaming for help, more accurately. Darkwing has to, to run off to go save Launchpad. And Launchpad has gotten himself in quite a pickle. Think about pickle pizza. You know what? I'd try it. I'd try a pickle pizza. Yeah, right? I guess it depends on the pickle. Anyway. Um, so the, the green peppers are being taken are stolen by spiders with giant human teeth. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just not not good for anybody. Do we actually see any peppers? Uh, I don't think we do. I was yes. really focused on the fact that Launchpad had like the pencil he was talking into. That's like a walkie-talkie. And I feel like that mm. was a concept they used occasionally in the early episodes of the show, but they didn't really stick with it. Because I know Darkwing uses it in like maybe one or two other episodes. Because Launchpad probably loses it after this. Fair. And then they never use it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then, so as far as, so we didn't really do a lineup. So the, the chair people that Darkwing um, ran into in Morgana's house, there was the Lurch guy. We don't have a name for him. There was Lady Janice, who's the Jekyll and Hyde kind of piggy woman. Maybe she's a dog nose. I don't know. She's weird is what she is. Um, she's also got like a big Ufon hairdo. And then there's Granny, who's the Pebbles Flintstone knockoff. And then there's a little weird hog-faced man who is named Uncle Nero. And he's the this typical one that sounds like Peter Lorre. Mm-hmm. So Peter Lorre is the one that is in... Somehow he was in the house and is just instantly where Launchpad was, which seems unlikely until you remember magic is a thing. So he's there laughing about Launchpad uh, being stuck and that they're going to eat him. And Darkwing shows up and immediately gets captured by the, the spiders. So now he and Launchpad are in their giant web. And then a Morgana shows up immediately as well. And she says, Darkwing Duck is mine. It's like, you tell him, girl. <laughs> and she cuts them free with her giant, glorious dragon lady claw nail things, which I don't think we ever see her use again. No, unfortunately not. Yeah. So again, I think we've, we've definitely mentioned it before. She seems the most um, self-assured and... Competent is a mean word to use, but I'm going to stick to it because it's the only one that I can think of right now. She's more confident with her abilities, and therefore she seems she can just cast spells without any problems or effort. Whereas in the later episodes, she seems to be almost like she has, uh, what's the word, Uh, you know, when you're nervous about performing, performance anxiety. It's like she has (laughs) performance anxiety and she can't cast spells properly and she's making mistakes and she doesn't do that at all in this episode yeah she's kind of bumbling later on but in this one she's got it together so she she slashes them out of the spider web and darkwing duck whips out his gas gun which he remembers he has sometimes and gases the spiders and morgan is so cute she's immediately concerned about the spiders Here's a girl that doesn't get out enough. Morgana, what are you doing? That thing's dangerous. Oh, it is not. It gives you itty bitty butter. Actually, they're very sweet. And she's cuddling them. <laughs> she's she's like stroking it, trying to make it feel better after it's just been gassed. I think it's that's so also uh, when I take screenshots of Morgana, 
those scenes, like those stills from that, are probably my favorite of her ever in the show mm. in terms of like her model. I just think mm-hmm. she looks amazing there. She looks so pretty. She does. What's uh, Darkwing says, Morgana's really something. And Launchpad says, I'll say something different. And she kind of looks over her shoulder, and that's when the bats fly. And we go to our our next scene. And it's somebody says in there that it's like, oh, last night. I think it was Darkwing. It's like, oh, last night, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I guess it's the next day. 24 hours have come and gone because it's nighttime again. And Darkwing's like, oh, the poor kids love struck talking about poor kids. Like, um, yes, she's she's the one. <laughs> and Launchpad is just kind of over it at this point. He's flying the Thunderquack, looking absolutely furious. And he tells him, you're a hero, not a Romeo, as he's doing battle rolls, trying to knock him out of it. I need and you to weigh in on this. Yes. Debate. Is Launchpad yes. jealous or do you think he's just annoyed because Darkwing is thinking with his other... Bill. His bill, yes. <laughs> it's below the belt, Bill. Yes. Um, I want to say a little bit of both. I because Darkwing is, you know, even if you don't go for, like, the romantic angle of Darkwing and Launchpad... Like, they're best friends, and when your friend is, like, completely, completely, like, loopy about somebody, like, all right already, enough, like, pay attention to what's happening. We're trying to do something right now. So I could definitely see it being both. But, yeah, he's he's also, I feel like, super agitated that... Everything is so creepy. <laughs> Everything is really scary. Like he's been scared since the beginning of this episode, and Darkwing isn't even acknowledging how scary everything is. So he's probably frustrated with that too. Like they were just tied up, and people were trying to eat them. And Darkwing's like, "Well, she's really great, isn't she?" I love how he's like, like "Yeah." Oh god! Like the way a snake looks at its dinner. Like, wow. <laughs> He gets really, really salty the more we get into this episode. <laughs> yes. There's one, I'm so sure you're thinking about the same line that he said yeah. later. Oh, that one's good. We'll yes. get to it. It's fantastic. It makes me laugh every time. So, yeah. So, anyway, so don't, Launchpad is doing barrel rolls in the, the Thunder Quack to snap Darkwing out of it. And, uh, and we see the next in the Crimes against pizza toppings so that a milk truck has been hit by Granny and her giant snake that has the same exact Pebbles Flintstone haircut <laughs> as she does. That's how you know it's hers. Otherwise, it could have been anybody's giant snake. That's true. Yep. And uh, they wind up in the sewers. There's, you know, a bit of a fight. I think this might be where Swan Sauce's thing is. I want to say both know, Swan like... Sauce and Duck Soup appeared at the same time. Okay. I don't know, but we're on street level for a bit on this. So if you want to stare at some backgrounds, dear listeners, maybe here. Um, and they they have a bit of a, a, a fight, but it ultimately ends up where every Darkwing Duck episode I think we've watched, or at least a good chunk of them, ends up in the sewers. <laughs> There's a lot... 
of traction, a lot of action down in those sewers in St. Canard. It would seem um, so. And it's like, you smell that? It's pizza. Like, you can smell sewer in the... You can smell pizza in the sewers? That's... That's some... That's the power of Calvin right Klein. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I feel like at that point you could just call it obsession. Just call it... Obs- it's just, it just smells like pizza and it's called obsession by Calvin Klein. Um, so they they wander into where the mushrooms are being held, which is apparently in the sewers. But the mushrooms don't really look like mushrooms, and they're just kind of in these enclosures that are just made of chain link. And it, I just seems like it's a health hazard. Someone should probably call, you know, the health inspector down there. I don't know, but they I don't, like they don't look like mushrooms. They're like weird little. They're like red, right? Like they got pizza topping colors. Yeah, they kind of look like like they have like a pizza on their 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 head, like where the mushroom cap would be. Then they have like little squashy bodies. They do run around. They, they look more like a bush root thing than a mushroom. Me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. And then we we get our I am the terror of the episode that Darkwing actually gets to finish. And it's like, I'm the terror that flops the night. I am the onion that stings in your eyes. Okay. On point. Um, so then we get to hear the evil plan that is the mushrooms taste like pizza with no manufacturing costs. But, uh... That's a perfectly fine business thing. It's just that they stole all the toppings, really. That is the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like, well, if you steal all the... If this is your business model, is to just steal ingredients from the other, you know, factories that apparently just solely make one thing, um, that they're going to go out of business, and then what's your business model from there? I don't That's know. True. It doesn't seem like a, a very well thought out plan, Morgana. Those student loans are not going to get repaid on this one. So, of course, Darkwing and, and Launchpad get. So this is when Darkwing and Launchpad are, I think they're chained up, chained up next to each other. And Launchpad <laughs> just looks at Darkwing and says... GGW, sorry about your girlfriend being a fiendish, blood-sucking creature from the netherworld. Hey, 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 hey! Nobody's doing any blood-sucking. She's just misguided. So good. <laughs> because because we find out, of course, that Morgana has been working with the chair people all along to steal these pizza toppings. And Darkwing is still defending her. Yes. And Launchpad <laughs> is just completely savage. He's over it! Oh, so... And, you know, he's like... Come on, Morgana, you can change! Deep down, you're really not an evil person! Not an evil person, no, but an evil businesswoman, yes! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, make that money, girl! She is basically, she uh... She's a girl boss. She is. A spooky girl boss, which I think is even cooler. Um, and she says, 
If you insist on having principles, our relationship is doomed. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's prob prob probably not the best way to approach it. Um, but then Lady Janice is like, oh, use this lipstick and turn him into your slave. But paints, uh, he, like, you know, human lips on her bill. <laughs> as, as one does. Um, and this is Darkwing. And oh no, Darkwing is now under her control. And he picks up Launchpad starts throwing, acting like he's going to throw him to the mushrooms. And in that scene, well, she actually says, Darkwing, throw a launch pad to the fungus. It's in my, in my notes. And Launchpad's hat in that scene where he's like carrying him up the ladder to throw him over the chain link fence to the mushrooms. Launchpad's hat is yellow. I saw that. There you go. That was, that was random. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course... Darkwing is not under anyone's control, but Darkwing's. He was just committing to the act and making Launchpad poop himself. And he immediately turns around and just throws Launchpad at the, at the rest of the chair people. It's like, he's now just a projectile. I like how Darkwing and Morgana just kind of knew what they were doing here. Like... Surely, mm. when Morgana kissed him, Darkwing realized he wasn't under her control. So did mm -hmm. he realize, was he faking it for her, knowing that she faked like she was pretending? Or was he just doing that in general as a survival thing? They seemed very in sync. Like, they both knew what they were doing, and it wasn't a surprise to him that Morgana helped him. Yeah. And, you know... Once he does throw launch pad at the other guys, she runs over to them and, and helps them, you know, helps him get out of his chains. And then they all run off together. So it seems like Darkwing is like, oh, cool. You know, we're working together on this, which I think is <laughs> the first and last time that Darkwing is like, hey, we're working together with Morgana. <laughs> oh, Darkwing. So they, they scamper off. Um, as the weird little pizza mushrooms are sicked after them. But Morgana's house is apparently linked to these sewers because they just kind of run into a room, which I assumed was, you know, some kind of room in the sewers. Maybe like a janitor's closet or a weeping room because you're in a sewer and you need a place to just have a good cry. And it's just, no, it's just her basement. And they just kind of head upstairs and it's just all the, the parts of the house that we've seen before. I was like, oh, okay. Number one, that would smell terrible. Like, how bad is your basement smell? I guess she, again, again, magic. Calvin Klein. It's probably fine. It's probably, it's probably fine. But I don't think I would want a door to the sewers in my basement. But... And then, you know, Morgana confesses that she didn't want Darkwing to like her because he was a mindless zombie. She wanted, he's just like, I wanted you to stay because of me and not because you were a zombie. And that's very romantic. It's a it beautiful is. thing to say somebody. So, some ghouls and non-boonary. If you got somebody special in your life, you go ahead, you look them right in the eyes and you tell them you want them to stay because of you 
not because they're a zombie. Unless, of course, you are in a relationship with a zombie. And then you can say, you know, but also, you're, I, I like that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and then they run outside because Darkwing has a brilliant plan to save the day. And when they get out side it's not storming and she says oh i was counting on there being lightning and we're kind of just like bored as hell at this point so she just shoots lightning into the air and starts to storm and that's like the prime organic content right there like this is this is what we want and she's just oh is that all and just just completely blase about it she's like oh, okay yeah i could do that and we want we wanted more of that we love to see a gatekeep girl boss Yes, later. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, so that's that kind of triggers the events that happen to, to, to save the day. So as Darkwing is he's gotta climb to the roof for his plan and Launchpad shows up with a bag of butter and dumps it on the mushrooms and Darkwing gets up on the roof and electrocutes them at doing his best Benjamin Franklin impression. And we don't really know what happens to the mushrooms after that. They look like they just kind of died. Yeah, like if there was anything left over, they, they kind of got cooked. So I feel like Launchpad would probably give a little nibble to see. After the credits roll, he kind of went back and... You know what? I can't blame him. They kind of looked <laughs> like they would have tasted good. And I mean, after all the things that tried to eat him in this episode, it may as well be some sweet, sweet revenge. Agreed. Yes. So that takes care of our little monstrous mushrooms. And then there's this part, which is what I, I, I want to get your opinion on. So the whole, all the board members come out and are making a fuss and the sun comes up and they turn into mushrooms. Yes. And Morgana explains it away, saying that it's another unfortunate side effect of whatever they were doing that was, you know, making these mushrooms. So were they ghouls that turned into mushrooms or were they mushrooms that turned into ghouls? I think they were ghouls that were spending years because they, they mentioned offhand that they spent years working on this. So okay. they were probably researching it and maybe they were not very ethical and they experimented upon themselves. Mm. And that was just one of the side effects that they had to contend with. Hmm. Well, okay. I, one thing I found kind of weird about the board members is one of them's named Granny, one of them's named Uncle, but they don't actually appear to be her family members. And if they are, she certainly didn't seem to care so much about them turning into mushrooms. Yeah, because, I mean, there doesn't really seem, with the exception of a few, they're like, there doesn't seem to be, like, these characters specifically don't seem to be part of the macabre line that we see later on. Yeah, Maybe exactly. because they die now because they're mushrooms, and nobody seems to, like, take them uh, with them when they leave. Just, do they turn back into ghouls at sundown? Who knows? We'll never know. Um... But, yeah, Darkwing, after that point, is like, well, I have to arrest you. And she's like, mm, no. And just kind of poofs her whole house away in a shower of sparkles. 
and uh, Launchpad closes out the episode with women. Now you see them, now you don't. Wise, wise man. And that's when we roll credits. That's it. And uh, that's that. There we have it. That's uh, the first. Well, it should be the first appearance of Morgana in the series, but <laughs> it doesn't really seem to air that way. It is her kind of origin episode in the Darkwing universe, though, and a very, a very strong one. A very good episode. I. It's m- probably my favorite Morgana episode because. I can't remember if I've ranted about it here. I probably have. She has her personality varies with the episode mm-hmm. based on what plot they're trying to achieve with the story. If they want there to be more conflict, then they make her more emotional and unreasonable. Mm-hmm. But this episode, she was obviously meant to be sultry and seductive and mysterious and a very confident mm-hmm. businesswoman. So that's how she came across. And that's my favorite version of her personally. Yeah, same. Same. I like, like, you know, how sweet she can be with, you know, the characters and the other ones. Like, I like her um, relationship with Goslin. Goslin's not in this episode at all, um, which I feel like is good as far as this story goes, because it would have, it's very, it's a very tightly told story. Like, there really isn't, you know, in, in comparison to Bad Tidings, like, just the bickering is 90% of the episode. Like this one, there was like, we're going to tell this story and these are all the points that we need to hit. There's not a lot of downtime to, to play with. But Goslin, I think, probably would have changed the feeling of this episode. And I'm I'm okay with her not being in it. I think it might also be because Darkwing was so head over heels for Morgana. And maybe they thought it would be kind of awkward to have Gos there just like watching her dad like be a simp essentially <laughs> uh, but yeah it's um it's a good one and i do love her relationship with goslin and the episodes that they are in together they're really sweet because goslin is just super excited by everything that morgana does kind of doesn't really matter how mundane it is or what her intentions are when she's trying to do a thing um but yeah i like that i like them together yeah gauze is like uh she's never really demonstrated any kind of jealousy or fear of losing attention from darkwing she's very uh not what's the word she's very confident and secure and just doesn't seem to be concerned with that kind of stuff and she's actually the driving force behind a lot of when Morgana is like injustice, justice ducks, she's completely unsure if Darkwing still likes her. It's Goslin that's like, come on, I'll show you that he still likes you. Or, you know, my Valentine Ghoul, that whole plot was her making a love potion to fix their relationship. So she's, she doesn't seem to have any concerns with that. Like she's completely happy that Darkwing's got this hot goth girlfriend. And you know what? <laughs> Good for Darkwing, because I think Good. we can all ha- stand to have a beautiful goth girlfriend. Yep. Yeah. Good for Darkwing. It, only good for Darkwing if he treats her right, though. Because he, not in this one, but in the other ones, he can be kind of a dick. Although she is a little bit, uh, if you will, baddie. <laughs> so, 
But yeah, we don't get to meet Eek, Squeak, and Archie in this one either, who are wonderful. But yeah, so as far as our first exposure to Morgana, she is definitely top, top five favorite characters in this show. Uh, so let's rate it. So out of, you want to do Quackerware Freshness Scale, or you want to switch it up and do Bats? Five bats out of five bats. Yeah, I could do some bats. Yeah. I'm going to give a whole herd of bats. I don't know if they're called herds. <laughs> a swarm, a I flock, think. A flock, a swarm. Well, whatever it may be, I will give a large one because the animation is fantastic. The story mm -hmm. is pretty tight, like you said, and pretty straightforward. They don't waste any time. The characters are all playing like a good role, and there aren't too many characters. It's like they balanced it so that it wasn't overstuffed. Mm -hmm. And Morgana is A+. Plus. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I give it like full bats. <laughs> full on bats. Uh, I would have to agree. I would say that it is... Um, 1100 flaps out of 10 and would watch again so there we have it everybody we got to meet Organa today and she is a sexy sassy sexy lady and uh, Darkwing should have been nicer to her in the other episodes but he was definitely riding the Morgana respect Morgana train in this one so we appreciate he that he was completely smitten by her and it was very cute Yes, and we got to see his tail wiggle over it, which is say, always great. <laughs> they gifted us with a tail wiggle because I don't think we see that anywhere else in the series that I can recall. His best quality is his wiggles. It is so cute. Like, <laughs> I I would like to recreate that tail wiggle at some point in time because I feel like there needs to be more tail wiggling. I don't know. <laughs> and. Uh, it, I don't feel like, well, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to be closer, pay, pay closer attention to it. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I kind of feel like, and you'll know for sure if I say it, I feel like Negaduck's tail wiggles at some point. No. No? Not like when it's skulls for Negaduck? No? Nope. Do you not? No? Maybe that I'm just wishful thinking. He licks his lips like he's ready to eat <laughs> a bunch of skulls, but... <laughs> I promise you, if there was a Negaduck tail wiggle anywhere in this show, I would know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I knew I knew you would, you would know immediately. So, <laughs> all right. So we have um, still our spooky episodes queued up here on our wheel to spin. Uh, so let's take a look. I think we may have added... Um, one, we added Dead Duck because I don't think it was on it originally, but it's a spooky-ish one, so we may as well. So let's click it. You want to make any more predictions? I am going got... to predict Twin Beaks this time. Okay. Let's see. Spinning. Uh-oh. It we... is... The Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. It's got Paddywhack in it. That is a spooky episode. But I will have you know that the little tile right next to this one was Twin Beaks. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had it again. <laughs> but next time we will be 
delving into the madness that is the haunting of Vista Banana Brain. I like that episode, too. Most of these episodes, these spooky ones, are all pretty good episodes in their own right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I like all of them. So, well, the exception of Twin Beaks. Twin Beaks, I have to be in the mood for. Um, <laughs> you need a little ambiance music, a little low lighting. I need, to, I need some cherry pie and a damn fine cup of coffee is what I need. <laughs> Alrighty. So, we will catch you later, guys. We will check in next time where everything will be spooky. And until then, remember that crime doesn't sleep and neither do we. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>